Hello everyone, this is Giri and welcome to another episode of the Testing Paradise podcast. I hope you're doing well and safe. I'm sure by this time you must be knowing who is going to join us today for this episode. It's Rex Jones II. There are many organizations undergoing new ways of QE transformation or they start building their automation strategy from the scratch. So while I was thinking about the testing strategies, Rex is the person who came to my mind and I thought, why don't we ask Rex to guide us with deriving a strategy? If you want to build up an automation strategy or go for a QE transformation, then please do listen to this podcast till the end. Hey Rex, thank you so much for joining us today and we will directly get into the questions. So when it comes to the test automation strategy, the first thing that comes to my mind is test automation pyramid. So what do you think about it? Yes, with the test automation pyramid, it's very important. There are three, letter, three layers to the test pyramid. You have the well, test automation pyramid. You have unit test, you have service API layer test as number two, and you have a user interface test. Most of the time, when people are given demonstrations, tutorials, trainings, they normally start and end with user interface tests. It's fancy, it looks good, but you can write some scripts and you see your web browser just start interacting, pushing, clicking, selecting things. What's also important is the unit testing and the service API layer test. The unit test is important because you get quick, fast feedback when you write to a test, which is very good. The drawback to unit tests is you're only testing a small piece of the code. So there are some pluses and minuses, but it's still important. The next layer is the API layer. That's important and more and more people from the industry are starting to want API. Very important, and the, which is the middle layer. The next one is the user interface, UI layer. And I can say myself is included. When I've done my training, I started with user interface because it's fancy, it looked good. And to date, the most popular language is Selenium, in my opinion. And it's good to write a test script and you see buttons can click. But those are the three layers to the test pyramid, the unit test, API, and the user interface, which is all three are important. So for anyone who's starting out and want to learn automation, I recommend do not just focus on the user interface. Focus on all three, user interface, the API, and the unit test. There are lots of programming languages that are available, right? right? So uh, there is always a myth within our uh, software testing industry uh, that says that uh, we, we as a testers, when we are trying to develop a test automation framework, we should always use the programming language that the developers are using. Uh, what is your thought about it? No, that's a, that's a good question, and I like that. I like the idea. <laughs> I like the idea of utilizing the same programming language as the developer. But from my experience, on a team or a company where you have developers, it sounds good and it's a good idea to leverage what the developer's using, but I have seldom seen 
automation people go to development for help. Uh, a lot of time it's like a wall between development and automation or just development and QA or development and testing. I'm not sure what word because there's so much talk about don't say this word, it's not this, it's their word. So sometimes I don't know to say QA, test, I don't know, but it's a wall with development and they have their own work to do. And I've seen issues where when testers have went to uh, developers for help, it get to a point that now you got to go to the manager of development to get answers. So I like the idea, but I have never seen that happen where you can go to them and get help. So I recommend whatever that department is using in automation, learn it and become the best you can be. Self-sufficient is what I'm saying. Uh, but for us languages, um, <laughs> I guess it depends on the team. Because if you're a team of developers are using C Sharp, and most of your automation people know Python or Java, I would not say hire a whole bunch of C-sharp developers just because, I mean, C-sharp automation engineers just because developers know it. Now, it just depends. I, I will say it's not a one size fit all, but I have never seen automation people be able to go to development for help. A lot of times they know it themselves or they can go research it and find the answer. Now, what I have seen with automation and what I've been a part of at the DOM level, sometimes the, the DOM is not a user. It may be a better way to locate elements. For example, in the DOM, it may be a better way such as add an ID attribute. And if there are no ID attributes, I've seen cases where we put together a spreadsheet and a list of elements we recommend, hey, can you add an ID attribute for this element. It will make it easier for us to locate the elements. So I've seen that kind of uh, coordination, but not help with the programming language. There is this particular question that many people are, you know, coming up with. Uh, so, uh, hey, Giri, I'm just, I just wanted to start, uh, you know, uh, developing a test automation framework from the scratch. Uh, what are the artifacts that, uh, you know, one should consider before they start uh, thinking about building or developing a test automation framework? No, that's another great question. <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of ties into your number, the previous question. I think what people should consider before start developing a test automation framework mm -hmm. is to get a great understanding of the programming language. Whatever language you are using, make sure you really understand the concepts of programming. Because once you understand the concepts, it will make the automation framework a little bit smoother. It will help you to create a real good, robust framework. Now, one thing we should also consider is when you say framework, I've received a lot of emails, uh, DMs on LinkedIn, just to my direct uh, email, people ask about frameworks, but framework is such a broad term. What framework? Because sometimes people consider things frameworks where it may not be a framework. Like I've seen people call page object model a framework. It's not a framework, but it's a design pattern that we can use for our framework. So framework, I like the name. It's a good term, 
but sometimes people use it out of, con out of context. But that's what I would say, learn the programmer language and understand which framework you want to use and what it's used for. For instance, TestNG is a framework, but it's a testing framework for Java. So you have other frameworks that can drive the data. Keyword-driven framework, hybrid-driven frameworks, all of that is built on top of programming. So once somebody understands the programming language, they'll be very good at creating a framework. So uh, how do you select a programming language for one particular uh, you know, test automation, for developing a test automation framework? Well, you know, uh, from my experience, I started out with QTP, which is now in UFT, and that was VBScript as the programming language. So for that, it was default VBScript. When I started getting into Selenium, I looked for the most popular programming language in my area and from the market. And upon my research, I kept saying Java, Java, Java. Although you can use other languages like C Sharp, Python, Ruby, and JavaScript. But I wanted to learn what was most popular. Now I do understand, and I do believe this from what I've seen from people and just things in general, popularity does not mean superiority. Just because Java is the most popular language does not mean it's superior. I like it. That's my, I don't want to say first language, but with Selenium is my first. But when it comes to that, I pick what I believe is in most demand. Java, in my area, because other, other locations may have other uh, languages. Java. There's two reasons why I picked Java. I know it was an object-oriented programming language. That was important for me. C Sharp, from when I started programming years ago, I would always hear competition between which one you use, Java or C Sharp. That's all I heard about, Java, C Sharp. Java, well, not all I heard about, but the most, the two most languages, Java, C Sharp, Java, C Sharp. And when I realized Java and C Sharp are so similar to each other, because they came from the inheritance of C and C++. So I felt like I was doing two birds with one stone. When I learned Java, I knew it would be a slight difference mm -hmm. for me to learn C Sharp. So I know Java, and I somewhat know C Sharp. So I would use those two for my framework or to start out with programming. But nowadays, people are getting more into Python because of what they hear. It's easier to learn for someone with no background. So for me, those are the three top for me, Java, C Sharp, and Python. Excellent. And uh, one more question regarding the uh, non-technical testers, actually. So say, for example, uh, within a project, there might be uh, many business testers uh, who are uh, hardcore business-related folks who just do the testing for uh, you know outcome of the particular business criteria. So what would you suggest for them, actually, just in case if they really wanted to automate one particular scenario? Uh, do you think Selenium ID kind of record and playback tools can be a helping hand for them? You ask some good questions. I mean, you're asking questions that I've actually experienced and been a part of, or at least know somewhat about it from a different department that was in that situation. 
and I actually had someone to contact me about a, a training program and he wanted me to train the business side of people. And I was interested, but the more I thought about what he wanted, I realized it was not a good fit. Where it would have did good, but he wanted me to go real deep into it. And based on what he told me about their experience, I realized what they wanted, um, it was not a good fit. But regarding your question about Selenium, Selenium IDE, I think it's a good way to get somebody on their own ramp to learning Selenium WebDriver and Selenium Grid. Because Selenium IDE is recording playback, mm -hmm. but it allows you to export the code. And once you export the code, you can export it to Java, C Sharp, Python. So for someone with no experience with programming, no kind of technical background, it would be good to start out with Selenium IDE, recording playback, then just read the code. Read, read, read. Just read the code. Because sometimes you can start getting an understanding just by reading the code. And once you start reading the code and you get familiar with it and get comfortable, you can start writing the code. So to just give you an example, I was not a part of this team. It was a different team in the same company. You have people who was not technical who may know how to read the code, but what they would do is they would record the test cases in Selenium IDE. And when they record the test cases, they would export the code. And when they export the code, they would pass that code out to developers who knew how to code. Developers, I mean, automation engineers who knew how to code. So they record the scenarios, Selenium IDE exported, and when automation engineers got the code, they knew exactly what they wanted to do. At that point, they would enhance the test script. So it worked good for that company because people who were not technical, they knew the scenarios. When they export it, the engineers can see it and can make it more robust. So I think it can help people who was uh, for the business level with no experience with programming. Uh, before we conclude, uh, how can we get in touch with you? They can email me at rex.jones at testforsuccess.org, R-E-X dot J-O-N-E-S at T-E-S-T, -E test, the number four, S-U-C-C-E-S-S dot -S -S O-R-G. They can get in touch with me on YouTube where I create videos on a regular basis. LinkedIn, where I also release videos, and I'm starting a Facebook and Twitter. I'm still kind of getting used to Twitter and Facebook, but I like to share knowledge. I like to help, and I want to release videos and articles, whatever way can help people to learn. I wanted to deliver information that way, uh, books. However, I just like to share knowledge. I wanted to be at a point where if I know something, you don't have to go through all the hard work that I did to learn something. I'll make it easier for you if I can for you to learn. So uh, I've been that way for a long time. And to be honest, Gary, all I'm doing now is doing what I've been doing for years at my job. For example, um, at companies, if I know something, I had no problem telling the manager, hey, I can train the new people who come in. I have no problem uh, transferring knowledge to them. 
That was before I was doing automation. It's just a subject matter expert. If I know it, I don't mind. Here you go. Mm-hmm. And there's one more point I want to say, because I know how it feels to be new at a company where someone say, I got an open door policy. Come ask me anything. Or they don't mind helping. I get that. But it is a point where you say, you know what? Have I asked that person too many questions? Have I asked that person? Now nah, I ain't gonna go to them and you and be stuck there not knowing they have no problem answering your question. Now there are some people who really have a problem with it. I say that because when I have trained people at my job, when I think they're feeling that way, that they may have asked too many questions, I have no problem going to them and say, hey, uh, have any questions? So I like to share knowledge. And now I'm just doing the same thing through social media that I've been doing for years on my job. Wonderful, Rex. I'm very sure that it's going to be helpful for many of us, in fact. Thank you so much for, you know, uh, sharing your knowledge to this particular wider uh, testing community. Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, you're welcome. And you know what? I've seen your work and I told you I like what you do also. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this podcast today. Please do support us so that we can bring in more talks from successful testers to you. This is Giri signing off. Until the next one, happy testing.